What is up, Level Up Nation, and welcome to the April 14th edition of Level Up Live, your home for gaming and esports news, brought to you by the Overtime Network. My name is Fiasco, but you can call me John, and I am joined, as always, by the king of the courtside, the courtside king, Joey. What's up, buddy? What is up, Level Up Nation? It is a Wednesday. It's not a Thursday. Typically, the show Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern time, but we are switching things up this week with quite a bit going on. But, John, that doesn't mean we have any less news to cover. Absolutely. It has been an action-packed week. A little less than a week. It's been six days. It's okay. Don't worry. We are here for you as well. But, Nation, of course, before we can even dive into the show, we got a little bit of homework to do for you. Nation, make sure you follow the show on social media, that is Twitter and Facebook at Level Up Live. That is at LVLUP Live. You listen to the show, you watch the show, you might as well be following the show. Again, that's on Twitter and Facebook at Level Up Live. And while you're on Twitter, you listen to us yap for about 90 minutes each episode, which means you're pretty dedicated. I, I, you know, I applaud you. A round of applause for yourself, our viewers and listeners out there, because that is some dedication. Take that dedication to the next step and follow Joey and myself on Twitter. Find Joey at Courtside King, myself at Fiasco for all the latest and greatest in hot gaming takes and news and all the fun stuff throughout the week. Check out those accounts as well. Nation, as always, live show is the best place to catch Level Up Live. But if you don't have time to tune in on our random Wednesday shows or our regularly scheduled Thursday shows, have no fear. We have a podcast version of the show ready for you. It usually comes out within 24 hours of the last show sometimes a little bit earlier uh, make sure to follow the level up podcast on spotify itunes google play and stitcher and pretty much anywhere else you can find an rss feed for a podcast just look up the level up podcast and we are there for you looking for extra credit i know you are it's midterms maybe midterms just got done maybe you only got a 30 percent on your final you need a little little pick me up don't worry level up is here for extra credit check out patreon.com otn Get your extra credit from Level Up Live. It will not do anything for your class grade, but it will do a lot for your internet karma. That is patreon.com slash OTN. All right, Joey, it's a Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday, uh, it's hump day. It's halfway through the work week. I know I'm looking forward to the weekend. Got a lot of cool stuff going on. But we have a lot of topics that we're talking about today on Wednesday's show. What are we talking about today? Absolutely, John, and I had notes somewhere, and I don't know where they went to, but we're talking about Josh Sawyer's secret game over at Obsidian that should be getting revealed soon. Kingdom Hearts, we got some more news from that this past weekend, so diving into that. Uh, we're talking Ghost of Tsushima getting a movie over there on the side of PlayStation. Bungie going digital first and kind of giving some more option to employees as well. We're going to talk esports because we have the Valorant Masters tournament going on in Iceland right now. League of Legends going into playoffs as well. LEC wrapped up. LCS still charging along. A new hero coming to Overwatch and much more. All right. Again, a ton of stuff on today's episode of Level Up Live, which means, Joey, we're going to need some assistance in the form of a liquid beverage because uh, beverages are only liquid. Uh, that was not a smart thing to say, but you know what? It's okay. Joey, beverage of choice for the 274th time, but who's counting? John, I have a fun one today. Uh, oh. It is back to Aslan, as you can figure. Shocker. I am drinking a Johan the Mango Thief with this fancy little label. It also has like a fuzzy touch to it, so it's almost like a little velvety thing going on. It's a fuzzy beer? I mean, it is, it is kind of got a smooth fuzziness to it, but the label is kind of fuzzy in particular. Don't judge, just love. I am... Um... I don't know how I feel about a fuzzy label on a beer can. Joey, um, I had a beer 
It is currently sitting in my mini fridge right over there. Uh, that is screen left for everyone. Oh. Um, I left it there. And I'm not going to get up and leave the camera and try to walk past the lights and the camera on the other side to get over there to grab it. So I'm pulling a Joey today. It's not Aslan. But it's water. H2O. Let's go. Makes up a ton percentage of your body. Was it like 70% of your body's water? So I'm going to put some more water in because um, I forgot the beer. It's okay. You can judge me later. Joey, we have our beverages. We've done our homework. <laughs> we have our topics. I don't want to hear any criticisms about my drink of choice. Let's get into gaming and esports news. Let's go. See, with OG Flavortown and chats in it, I'm so tempted to ask you to pull out your Sith powers that you're always talking about and try to, like, force grab it from across the room. But I'll let you pass this time since this is the gaming and esports show. I would crush it. <laughs> I would crush the fridge and the can. It's not good. It's not good. Ah, Okay. So we'll give you the pass this time. We're going to start things off small in today's show, guys. PlayStation's exclusivity agreement for Bug Snacks has now expired. This is one of those super hotly contested games. Everyone wanted Bug Snacks last year. Uh, just kind of kidding, guys. But it is dropping everywhere. Xbox One, Xbox Series X and S, Nintendo Switch, Steam, and it is also coming to Game Pass as well on April 28th. And on top of that, we are getting a bigger update alongside it, John. We do have a short video to play here. Uh, but alongside the actual game coming to everything but PlayStation, we will all be getting the Isle of Big Snacks dropping that same day, uh, which is supposedly a new expansion that's supposed to expand upon these snack-related creatures uh, that PlayStation gamers have been catching and capturing and doing all different things to for years or over a year at this point, it feels like. Uh, now coming to everyone, and these googly-eyed creatures can be yours by the snap of whatever you do in this game. Is this like a Pokemon <laughs> ripoff? Like... Wait, is that like a cheeseburger that's... Wait, is that... Yeah, I think oh. they're legitimately like foods that have created these things and they have like googly eyes on them. So I don't know if it's... I really don't know much about this game. It that kind of reminds me stick. of like Pokemon in a sense, but I don't know what the actual like capturing mechanism is. If you are capturing, maybe you're just helping these things. Maybe you're making sure they're all grass-fed and cage-free. I'm really not 100% sure. Snorky. <laughs> that is Joey's new gamer tag. Look him up at at Snorky. Oh, my gosh. This is... uh. So, yes, if you guys have been waiting for the hotly contested Bugsnax game, it will now be available everywhere starting on April 28th. I mean, are, are we sure Sony doesn't want to keep this as, as an exclusive? This is one PS5? of those ones that I'm like... There is always, like, head scratchers when it comes to Sony and Microsoft and whoever signs these exclusivity agreements. But they've had a good run of ones. Like, Microsoft had Mass Effect. They had Bioshock. Uh, you look at the PlayStation side. They've had a number of good ones as well. Then this puppy came out. That is a burger with tater tot legs and tater tot tusks. That is a Dunkin' Donut rolling in a river. That, oh, okay. Um, OG Flavortown in chat asking okay. if Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs is going to be the sequel to this one. <laughs> I believe that would be a copyright infringement. <laughs> hey. Yeah, so good times over there, guys. Catch your bugs, catch your snacks, eat up, have fun. Uh, that one, again, coming Xbox, Nintendo, Steam, pretty much everywhere, as well as that new content update going everywhere, plus PlayStation, who has had the original game for a little while now. They can keep it. Next up, let's take a bite out of this next topic, John. Josh Sawyer of Obsidian Entertainment. Obsidian currently has four to five projects in the works under the Xbox Game Studios umbrella. They have teased a new project to come. Josh was talking about, uh, he was actually going into how much he shit posts on Twitter, and then from there talked about the ability to transition that to actual 
like an account that he can market his game on. And it has kind of gone back and forth as this big thing since then. Um, but he has come out. He's talked a little bit about it, not giving many details yet, but we do have some we can share here today. He has said that a review will be soon, though. That, to me, means we're either getting something probably in May or something in June, maybe with that upcoming Xbox show. Uh, Josh's project, for those who don't know, is codenamed Missouri, and it's believed to be an eclectic murder mystery-style game developed by a small team. I don't know how small we're talking, probably 15 or so, if I had to guess, uh, and set in 16th century Europe, one of John's favorite time periods. Uh, to me, John, this sounds like a Sherlock Holmes type of game where you have the mystery, you have a time period set in Britain, uh, you have that kind of detective work going on, uh, but it also kind of mixes it together with The Forgotten City. Those who played that one, it won quite a few awards last year, uh, set in kind of ancient Rome, if I remember correctly, and a lot more about talking and narrative than it is about fighting and combat. Uh, this, to me, kind of mixes those two together in 16th century Europe. Uh, Joey, I, I think it was, I'm thinking with the rest of chat right now, we're just in shock that, that, that you cussed. I know. I thought about switching that up, but I was like, no, nah, we're, we're going to do it. We're just going mean, to go for it. I mean, you have Level Up Nation is shook. We, we are shook because Joey, Mr. Booker T. Washington himself, Mr. O. Boogers, dropped the first ever cuss word on Level Up Live. Joey, I don't know if that's a first, but it's definitely been, it's been or, up there. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm proud of you is what I want to say. I'm, I'm here to support you. Level Up Nation, oh, get off his perfect. back. My man knows what he is doing. and If he wants to cuss to express his feelings, he's allowed to do so. Um, Joey, they want you to say a really bad word instead. Yeah, we're, we're not doing that. Well. We're, we got to work our way up, people. Um, um, but so, for the record, I did just quote that. That wasn't just a straight Joey, so don't give me all the credit. So, anywho, uh, <laughs> <laughs> 16th okay. century Europe. Uh, fun fact, not my, fi my not my favorite historical time period, but thank you, Joey. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it, it's, it sounds interesting. I don't like the code name. Missouri is a terrible state. Um, <laughs> It's it's I, I don't even believe it's a state. It's a flyover state. It's not even real, in my opinion. Uh, but nonetheless, if that's what they want to codename their project. It's doomed to, you know, it's it's set to doom from the get go, but it's completely fine. Uh, but it sounds interesting. It does sound like a Sherlock Holmes kind of thing. Meeting the, meeting the Forgotten City, like you said, I think that's a very good uh, comparison here. Um, I would be interested to see more information when this comes out. I want to see a trailer. I want to know more about it. It has my interest, um, but not because of the time period, Joey. <laughs> Well, and this is one of those things, like, everyone in Level Up, I feel like, knows you're a huge fan of Life is Strange. Yes. And that's one of those games that's not really driven by combat like a lot of games are today. It's much more narrative. Depending on the choices you make, the story can end up shaping itself in different ways. And at least to me, I feel like this is going to draw some inspiration from that style as well. So we'll keep an eye on that. Again, guys, there are five projects, I think, in the works at Obsidian. Uh, you have Avowed. I think that's coming out next year. Josh Sawyer's project here, Missouri. I have no idea what the real name of the game is going to be. Grounded, for those who have played that kind of survival game, it's an early access still. That should release either this year or next year. And then they have, uh, I can't think of the other games, but there's two other ones. One of them has not been announced yet, but another one has, and I just don't remember it off the top of my head. But yeah, Obsidian doing good work. Josh Lawyer's team, all the same. Hopefully we'll see that very soon, maybe this summer. Kingdom Hearts 4. John, I feel like you and I, we enjoy Kingdom Hearts, but it's not a series that we typically gravitate toward. It does have a huge following overall, though, from Disney fans, from Final Fantasy fans, all kind of finding a home within that series. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 4 and Kingdom Hearts Missing Link were both announced. Missing Link, much smaller. It's going to be a mobile game, iOS and Android. 
The beta is supposed to start later in 2022. I'm not 100% sure on the release date, but I would assume we're probably looking at early 2023 on that one. And then Kingdom Hearts 4, we got a new trailer. We'll go ahead and play it for those live with us here on stream. And unfortunately, no platforms were given and no release date as of yet. This could be many years down the road, like three, four. Uh, this could be even sooner than that. We really have no idea from what we've been given so far, uh, as well as the platforms not being listed. So that means there could be some kind of exclusivity agreements in the works as well. Joey, um, I'm pretty sure you just outed us as boomers since uh, we're not big Kingdom Hearts uh, players. It's a series that doesn't get us super excited. I mean, is um, that a boomer thing, though? I feel like the first one came out years ago. Uh, the, yeah, that is true. You're right. Okay, maybe not. Maybe we're like hipster boomers because of that take, <laughs> um, which is kind of ironic in itself. But anywho, I think part of my issue with Kingdom Hearts is what is what's the story? Like, what is like a lot of the a lot of games like this? There's there's an overall story. Kingdom Hearts is just kind of there. Like, it doesn't really go, like, super in-depth or anything, at least in my opinion. You know, maybe I'm other people think it's super in-depth. Like, look, if you're a Disney fan, you like video games, obviously this is, like, the greatest thing ever, and that's completely cool. Uh, is this a game? Like you said, Joy, I just think it just doesn't really um, hit out to us. I, I know it, it hits out to a lot of people, but there's also a large population that it just doesn't really speak to, and that's completely fine. Um I think it looks great graphically. I think they've really stepped it up for Kingdom Hearts 4. Um, I, I want to know more about it. I think Kingdom Hearts fans have every right to be excited. Uh, I mean, if a gigantic blob wearing high heels comes down from the sky like this and then, like, starts kidnapping, look at that. That's not a blob anymore. That's like a spawn of demon. That's like a demon right there. <laughs> That's that that's that's Disney after hours. That's that's a little creepy. Look at that. It snatched the man right out of the dang car. And he's tossing it. That's gonna cause some property damage. That's not cool, Joey. This is a Disney game. I don't know. I don't know if I, I don't know if the mouse signed off on this. Yeah, the mouse. The mouse has definitely jumped into a few different ends when it comes to Final Fantasy. A little bit of a Marvel-looking scene here as Sora runs toward that creature that you're describing. Uh, also, shout out to Controller B. Allen in chat. Uh, his description of Kingdom Hearts: Goofy and that dude with the big sword do shenanigans. Is the story from one of my limited experience I have with it. Uh, I, yeah, I mean Accurate. it's definitely an interesting game. The whole Keyblade thing is obviously a big factor. Trying to work your way through these different landscapes that are being tossed alongside these other Disney characters. Uh, now with Disney owning the Star Wars franchise as well as Marvel, I think we're going to start to see a little bit of them incorporated into this as well. Uh, alongside what I would call like a combination of Final Fantasy and Disney style graphics all together here. There are little teasers in this trailer. We mentioned the Marvel run. There's a couple other things like Kate being shown uh, here in a second that does kind of hint toward Marvel. On top of that, we also have a uh, what we believe is like an AT-AT foot uh, shown in the planet of Endor, possibly in a quick flash shot. Uh, if I remember correctly, that was the teaser for Star Wars. So there's a couple little things here and there as well as some other notes that we've heard on our side. I think you'll probably see some of those properties make their way in here as well. But overall, Kingdom Hearts, popular series. I would not be surprised if someone like a PlayStation tries to money hat this one either for a year or two years of exclusivity. It would be a smart move. Uh, anything Disney obviously pulls in people, Kingdom Hearts being one of those series that pulls in Disney fans, fan, Final Fantasy fans all together in one conglomerate. So big money to be had there with Kingdom Hearts 4. Goofy and Darth Vader teaming up to take down a baddie? <clears throat> I'm going to pass. Uh, <laughs> normally I'd be, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Star Wars being introduced to Kingdom Hearts. I, I, I just feel like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's... 
Okay, OG Flavor Town chat, Heartless Ewoks. So Heartless are those black things we saw earlier, like the kind of yes. demon-looking things. That sounds like a horror game to me. Heartless Ewoks, like, running around. Do you remember that mode in Battlefront 2? I can't think of the name of it. Where it's, like, dark at night and the Ewoks are, like, coming at you. The one they gave you nightmares and you had to call me, like, every night at 2 a.m. because you couldn't sleep because you were crying because of the Ewoks? Yeah. Okay. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not exaggerate too much here. But that game, it was terrifying. Don't get me wrong. Like, you're in a dark forest. There's these little murder bears running around with their spears. Like, it was slightly horrifying. <laughs> okay. Laugh it off over there. Next up, another game to movie adaptation, John. Feels like these come up almost every week at this point. It's like 10 cent acquisitions here on the show. Uh, this one's a big one, though. We have the, it wasn't a game of the year award winner, but it was definitely close and nominated for it a number of times. Uh, that's Ghost of Tsushima. Takashi Dosher is set to write a screenplay for PlayStation's widely successful action adventure game. As we said, Ghost of Tsushima. I'm excited about this one. Again, it's hard to get super excited about video game movies because we've seen so many of them fail whether it be movies tv shows really any type of adaptation outside of the video game platform minus a couple books and comic books here and there it feels like there's always a good chance that they fail with that being said i'm hoping i feel like the story is there for this one to translate into a movie well and i'm hoping they're able to deliver yeah um you know even with both sonic movies being an absolute success even with Arcane on Netflix being a, 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 a uh, success, uh, I just still am hesitant. It, it's going to take years for me to get over the trauma that is the Super Super Mario Bros. movie. Uh, and I, I think I speak for a lot of people in our, of our generation with that same feeling uh, because they've just been so terrible for so long. Um, fingers crossed. I, I hope it's good. I feel like... Uh, this has the potential uh, to be a major blockbuster. I, I think this game uh, in its movie adaptation wouldn't only just speak to gamers, but to combat uh, uh, fans of, of that of, of those genres of movies. I think they'll get excited for it as well. Uh, I, I think it has a chance to actually do quite well. Now we have to make sure the product is good enough that it just doesn't go down the same rabbit hole that Super Mario Bros. does. <laughs> you mean down the same pipe? The same, yeah. yeah. Hey. <laughs> That's Ooh. what we're here for, ladies and gentlemen. So let's talk a little bit about who's behind the scenes here. We have Takashi Dosher set to write the screenplay. I really don't know much about Takashi Dosher. Sounds like he's won a number of awards, but from the writing credits, I'm seeing only, still, Sky is Falling, Waltz for One, Detour, Short Temper, the Playground, Cutoff, and Serato El Publico. Any idea what any of those are? Nope. They sound artsy, so you have that. Um, yeah, with that being said, I'm sure he's great. He's won awards, so someone definitely sees him as a pretty good director or writer, rather. Um, I'm personally not really sure what too many of those are, so we'll have to keep an eye on his credits there. And then on the opposing side, the directing side, we have the director of John Wick, uh, Chad Stileski, I believe is how it's pronounced, and he will be the one directing the movie here. So the writer is on, the director is on, and the movie currently is in very early development. Anything else you want to say about Sony's movie production and our new movie here, Ghost of Tsushima? I mean, Sony does Spider-Man, so, you know, fingers crossed. Hopefully it's not bad. Yeah, and I mean, look at Uncharted as well. Like, yeah. Uncharted got panned for a while, but then critics started, or not critics, rather, the audience started liking it. It pulled in a ton of money, regardless of what any critic said. 
So that one has done pretty well overall. I personally still think it's a little miscasted um, from my experience with it. But yeah, Spider-Man was phenomenal. Sony's shown time and time again that they're able to put out good movies. Now we just need to see some of the more of these game translate to movies that can not only be successful, but also be good to watch for gamers as well. Next up, Bungie is going. This is a big move, and this comes right after Sony acquired them as well. Most current and future roles at Bungie will be fully remote eligible in the following states with more planned in the future. We're talking Washington, California, Oregon, Illinois, Florida, North Carolina, and Texas. So coming out of the gates, it is about seven states there being appropriated for this particular remote eligible position. Uh, I think this is huge, and I think it's something we're going to see more and more in the games industry. When we went into COVID times in 2020, a lot of studios, whether by choice or not by choice, had to move to a remote work destination. And some of them did better than others. Uh, we've seen stuff like Legend of Zelda, The Breath of the Wild, the sequel to that game, delayed for year upon year. That game is supposed to release in 2020, guys. 2020. Uh, and now we're looking at spring 2023. So obviously, COVID delays very much rocking that studio. A few other ones. I mean, we saw the turmoil with Halo Infinite when it came out and was first shown in July of, I think it was 2020, if I remember correctly. People were not happy with the graphics, so it took another year of delays to get that up to shape as well. And it, some would argue it's still not there with the way the live service is going. But it's going to be something we see with travel, with talent. I mean, talent in the industry right now feels like a premium for a lot of studios. And being able to offer remote work is going to help you attract more talent to your particular studio. So I think this is, again, the beginning of many to come and many to roll in here later. Um, Bungie, for those who don't follow him very much, original creators of Halo. Then they moved on to create Destiny, which is another big, massive multiplayer IP out there right now. And they have a couple other ones in the works that we should probably hear announced in the years to come. Yeah, they list about four to five states that I would never want to live in <laughs> in that list. So that pretty much narrows it down for me. There you go. Oh, pot of luck. I'm so glad to hear that. So pot of luck applying for an internship over a bunch of... I was going to let you know about that after the show tonight, so I'm glad you found it already. Uh, yeah, lots of open positions there. For those interested in other studios, The Coalition is also hiring a ton, and so is 343 right now. Uh, it feels like a lot of big industry studios are hiring now. Definitely worth taking a look. Next up, John, and I know this one is going to get you nice and spicy here with Level Up Nation. Meta, our good friends over at Facebook, have confirmed that anyone looking to sell virtual wares in its Horizon Worlds metaverse will be charged platform fees of up to 4.7%. I mean, 47.5%, John. Yes, uh, I wanted to read that as 4.75, and it just... it. It's a lot bigger. 47.5%, uh, John. We're talking almost 50% of fees that creators would pull in are going to end up going back to the platform owned by Meta. And, and you want to know who's to blame for all of this? Mark Zuckerberg. All, <laughs> all of you people out there who wanted privacy on Facebook, you didn't want your ads stalking your profile or your phone listening in to you to give you ads of something you just talked about five seconds before because... Because Mark and Facebook are all just hacking their way into your lives. Well, guess what? Now you want to get a part of the meta, the metaverse, the part of meta, and what Facebook and meta is doing out there? Congratulations. They're going to charge you up to 47.5% to charge virtual wares in Horizon Worlds. That is just absolutely atrocious. It's a money grab. Uh, it is not friendly to anyone who wants to put stuff on on uh, Horizon Worlds it, it, or, or in the metaverse or anything. It's going to cause the prices to skyrocket, uh, and that's going to get passed down to the, the end user, to the person who wants to acquire it. 
and that's gonna suck. It's not gonna be good. Uh, I just that's it's terrible. I I think it's a terrible idea. It's horrible. I mean, this whole thing is complete trash, to be completely honest. So the way this breaks down and the way they explain it in this article here from GameDeveloper.com, if a creator goes on and sells an item for $1, then you have the MetaQuest store fee, which pulls out $0.30 cents of that dollar, and then the Horizon platform fee pulls out another 17% of their... So you're looking at just $0.47 cents of the dollar already taken out before the creator gets anything back. So John can go on there, create this awesome barrette that he makes for his avatar or his hoodie or whatever he wants to create, barrette. right? <laughs> I don't know why. I think I looked at a picture and there was one in the picture. Uh, anyway, okay. so John's going to make a fedora. Let's go with fedora. A fedora? Yeah, well, we're switching it up. And then you can make a sports jersey after that because that'll go so well with your fedora. Uh, I mean, you're going to sell these things to people and it's awesome. I'm glad you're creating content. I think encouraging creators is awesome. Not like we do a podcast and our creators ourselves or anything like that. Um, but I think it's awesome. It allows people to get their creativity flowing. It allows different connections to be made, networking opportunities, uh, creative outlets in general, I think are great for healthy living. Now you're going to put a price on it, and I get that. Like, if you want to sell, let's say you're an indie developer and you're going to sell your game on PlayStation or Xbox or wherever, they're going to take 15 to 30% of the fee. Sure, that's going to happen. But we're talking 47%. That's 17% even over the highest industry standard right now. This seems crazy, and I feel like someone is going to have some kind of lawsuit involved here. Facebook is trying to save face from all of the negative publicity it's had from over the past seven plus years. They've changed their name. Trust me, anytime a company desperately rebrands their name like Facebook did to Meta, um, it's, it, it's purely a PR stunt. And then they continue to do crap like this, and they wonder why people hate Facebook. They wonder why the number one population on Facebook right now is boomers, people who don't know how to use Facebook, people who got on Facebook because their kids were on Facebook back in high school and they're trying to be the cool hip parent. Uh, congratulations, you're essentially marketing to people that barely know how to double-click Microsoft Word uh, and, and change font sizes or put a PDF file into an email. Um, you know... It, like, what are you doing? Like, this is the dumbest thing ever. You are seriously killing any any chance of this idea taking off long term with a 47% grab. It just it makes no sense. You're going to kill it before it even gets off the ground running. I'm so sick and tired of meta this, meta that, metaverse this, metaverse that. When this is the crap that we're pulling out from it, like, th this is not going to work. And yes, it's just going to make people even more pissed off at Meta and Facebook and Mark and all the other stupid crap. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, rightfully so, it's being dragged through the mud and it needs to continue to be dragged through the mud. And I hope nobody uses that platform. I hope nobody uh, goes on Horizon Worlds and sells anything and buys anything because it's a complete waste of money right now. Complete waste of money. Facebook and Meta don't deserve a single penny of that. Yeah, like, I love the idea of Horizon Worlds, and I don't think there's any discredit there. I think it's cool to have this metaverse opportunity to hang out with people. And I feel like stuff like Roblox and Minecraft have been doing this for years, to be completely honest. But overall, I think more opportunities like that are fine, and I think they should happen. But at the same point, you have to support those who are supporting your worlds. You can't take 47%.
that just it's going to kill the creative economy so early on in that and you're going to have so many people look for other outlets and unfortunately horizon worlds will not last if they keep this pricing up in my humble opinion i mean this is like a well-polished vr chat is essentially what this is vr chat already had an established uh world online where people had communities you could get items you could go play games you could go do all the pg stuff people do in vr chat uh you can chase people around as knuckles uh and 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 click at people if you want i mean that that was cool for like a month uh it, it's just a well-polished version of that and because it's got the meta slash facebook name on it, it it's got that what i like to call the nike markup and i think it's i, I think it's bad I think it is bad as well. So with that being said, we are going to move on from the 40% or 47% that Mark Zuckerberg wants to charge us over on Horizon Worlds and make our move over to Blizzard Entertainment and Overwatch. Overwatch has officially introduced Sojourn ahead of her debut in the PvP beta that is going to be dropping later this month. I believe April 26th is that date for the public. So looking over there for Overwatch, John, we finally, not officially in a kit reveal, but we do get the origin story here of Sojourn, and we can play a little bit of that here on stream. A fierce former captain of Overwatch equipped with cybernetic abilities is what accompanies the Twitch description here of Sojourn. Uh, overall, John, I feel like they haven't officially shown off the abilities, but if people want to go back and look at the videos from BlizzCons of previous years, you can kind of piece them together from the little bit of content that we saw there. We won't dive into it fully here, but you guys can go check out that content if you want to see it because she will be dropping here in just a couple weeks with more descriptions on all of that. Overall, John, I think new heroes are a big way of bringing new content to games like this, whether it be Overwatch, League of Legends, Apex Legends, whatever. Anytime you have a new hero, I feel like it stimulates the audience of that game, and I think Sojourn should have a similar effect here with Overwatch to kind of complement the launch of the beta, at least, of Overwatch 2. New heroes, new maps, new game modes, all ways to keep a dying game alive. Uh, something Overwatch has been terrible at doing for the past year, two years, three years. Um, I, I'm I'm excited to see they're kind of returning back to like these these origin stories, these announcement videos. Even though this tends to be more of the still frame and a camera kind of pans around a still image versus a full CGI story. Like think about look, I'm gonna keep bringing this one up. Think about Bastion's origin story. That was so good. I have Joey, I've never gotten emotional over a character backstory reveal as Bastion. And I'm pretty sure a lot of other Overwatch players at the time felt the same way. Uh Bastion who was who was hated in the Overwatch community, overnight people were like, "No, we must protect Bastion. Bastion's a poor little robot. Like we love Bastion now." Um so I, I like that they're going back to this. I want to see full rendered CGI, but I'm going to give them a pass on this just because I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that they've been so hard at work at polishing Overwatch 2 uh, because the entire thing has been an absolute disaster up to this point. Uh, I like this announcement. It gets people excited. The beta's coming in a couple of weeks uh, for people who get access to that. So I feel like this is going to start building that hype. Give us more information. Give us that kit reveal next week. Continue to build the hype, Blizzard. You have something going here. Absolutely. So we're excited to bring you guys beta coverage when that does eventually wrap around. We'll probably do some play days as well. I can post the Discord link over in chat here on Twitch. But for those and many of you listening live on the podcast, or rather later down the line on the podcast, uh, discord.me forward slash OTN to find us over there. 
Next up, John, and it feels like this one has a horizon that never ends. No Man's Sky Outlaws update. No Man's Sky is one of those games that had a bit of a rocky launch. Uh, you could say it crashed a little bit at launch, like the whole rocket ship theme going there. Um, but overall, they've added a ton since then. We've seen vegetation updates. We've seen creature updates, the ability to walk around more fluidly. And now we have space pirates coming in as well. The Outlaws update feels like it brings a ton. We do have a little bit of video that can be played on the link that I posted there in our notes. Um, but it looks cool. It's kind of starting to get a little bit of that Destiny feel when you look at the capes and different things like that. Spaceships are involved. Space pirates. I mean, who doesn't love space pirates? Uh, you and I have spent plenty of time sailing the seas in Sea of Thieves. And I think anything pirate-wise can always be fun to pull in people. But adding a space theme to that pirate thing as well can be very cool. We've seen movies like Solo and the Star Wars universe really expand upon that. And I think this will be a really cool update as well. No Man's Sky is a great story of a game that crashed and burned from the beginning. But the developers never gave up on it. And it's developed into one of the best games out there one of the best communities out there and they're continuing to put out really good content based upon what they've learned over those past year two years of fixing this game and this is really really cool i think this looks great uh adding more content again is always a good thing to these live service games uh, it keeps the player base entertained it keeps the game fresh them engaged uh, I think this looks great. I, I think it's really, really exciting. I never really got back into No Man's Sky, uh, but but this does look fantastic, and I know the people who do play this are going to be excited for this expansion as well. Absolutely. So look forward to that, guys. Just to run down quickly what all is in this, we have Outlaw Space Stations, Cloth Simulation, Outlaw Stories, Smuggling, Solar Ships, Recruiting Wingmen, Planetary Frigates, Improved Space Combat, Forged Passports, Ayo. More ship slots, bounty missions, planetary pirate raids, and more. It's a massive update. Huge. Absolutely huge. Next up is going to be another big update. This one for an MMO, John. An MMO close to your heart. Uh, Sylvanas was pulling at the heartstrings of some and really slashing away at the rest of them. But in this new expansion reveal, this one coming April 19th at 12 p.m. Eastern Time, we've heard rumors. We've heard speculation. We'll dive into a little bit of that here. But it seems like developers, at least on Twitter and other social media platforms, are absolutely hyped over a Blizzard to finally get this one out and reveal it to fans. Yeah, so um, this is what people expected ever since it was announced that 9.2 was going to be the last patch of Shadowlands. Uh, yes, Shadowlands was cut short because it was an absolute disaster of an expansion. Uh, a lot of people put it right up there with Warlords of Draenor, which is terrible. Um but yeah, so once they announced 9.2 was going to be the last patch, uh, generally when that happens, on the fourth week of that patch is when we start to get uh, rumors of when the next expansion is going to be announced. And, and lo and behold, here we go. Uh, a month later after that last boss was available in the final raid of Shadowlands, we're going to get the new expansion reveal for World of Warcraft. Uh, Joey, j just some key points to, to put out here. Yes, Shadowlands is a, is, is a bad expansion, but this new expansion has been reported that they have worked on this expansion almost three times longer than they ever did with anything in Shadowlands and Shadowlands itself in its original development, uh, which is roughly a year, year and a half, two year cycle when it comes to, 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 to uh, developing this. Because a lot of times it's a new planet, it's new zones, it's new quest lines. We're talking hundreds and thousands of quests, dungeons 
raids, new items, new gear, new weapons, new transmogs. There's a lot of things that go into this. So uh, the idea that Blizzard came out and said, hey, look, we've spent so much more time on this next expansion has a lot of the WoW community excited because this, this is a WoW community that feels, uh, dare I say, kind of neglected by Blizzard ever since Legion ended. Legion was a fantastic, absolutely fantastic expansion right up there with Wrath of the Lich King in my book. Uh, and then they rolled into Battle for Azeroth, which was bad. Then they rolled that into Shadowlands, which was somehow even worse. They took one of the best characters, one of the most beloved characters in this game, turned her into a psychopathic, a uh, 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 genocidal maniac, and then all of a sudden, it's, oh, because she was in control of the jailer, and then it came out that everyone was in control of the jailer, and this is a terrible writing. It was absolutely bad. They quickly wrapped up Shadowlands, and now we have, hopefully, an idea. Uh, more rumors, more, more. Uh, not gonna call it a leak or anything, but there have been leaks out there. Uh, but we're gonna finally find out what that next expansion is gonna be for this. Uh, legendary uh, MMORPG that's been around for forever, it feels like. Okay, now since we don't have any official information, we can't really leak anything here, but we can talk a little bit more about these leaks, John, because I, I feel like you're itching to go into them, just slightly at least. Uh, I won't make you dive too headfirst into them, uh, but one of the speculation pieces has kind of been floating around is that the next expansion could be called Dragonflight. We saw a logo leak at one point with like a pinkish purple dragon. I believe it was Alex Straza on there as well with some fire being shown in that cover. Do you think Dragonflight could be the release na name that is going to eventually come out here next week? Yes. Uh, and the reason I say it is because the data miners of the WoW community that are very good uh, have already uncovered certain things that uh, are coded in a way that Blizzard does for pre-sales of new expansions. The color theme is a greenish blue. Uh, is, is what we're seeing from those data mines. We're seeing uh, that there's going to be mounts that are going to be offered with pre-orders. New transmog sets are going to be announced with the pre-order as well. All in these colors. Well, when you dive into the lore of World of Warcraft, greenish-blue colors are tended to be associated the most with a lot of the dragon flights out there. Uh, a lot of the different uh, groups of dragons. Mainly, mainly the blue dragon flight, but uh, it's when you, when you think dragons, you see dragons greenish blue green uh blacks reds i mean there's a ton of different uh, there's there's bronze dragon flights in there as well it's a very neutral color the dragons uh the green dragons are from uh the emerald dream which is a big greenish blue area as well a lot of the colors do direct back to dragons to the uh, to the idea of dragons here and really the dragons haven't been uh, a key part of this story since cataclysm the expansion right after Wrath of the Lich King, where after they defeated Deathwing, they lost their their powers of immortality. They're now they're now mortals as well. They did their job, which was to save Azeroth from uh, Deathwing. So you have that. The idea of Dragon Isles uh, as a zone has been around forever. Uh, it's in the Eastern Kingdom, uh, according to the lore. Uh, just north of where the Undercity is, just southwest of where Silvermoon is, uh, the starting area for Blood Elves. Um, and, and that's really exciting. We're going to return to Azeroth. We're going to hopefully focus on Azeroth again instead of having to go to Argus. Not saying Argus and Legion was bad, 
But when you follow that up with, you know, uh, Shadowlands, where you're in a completely different realm of life, I mean, it's essentially the afterlife, and then you're split up into different zones based upon your life. Um, it, it just didn't really connect with anyone. It, 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 was a, it was a brand new area that had zero connection back to Azeroth, and it made a lot of people confused as to why they even went that far with this entire thing being an expansion focused on the, afterli uh, the afterlife. So uh, a lot of people are excited at the prospect of coming back to Azeroth. Bringing the dragons back in, I think, is a smart move. It'll get older players uh, who may have fallen away from the game excited. Current players will get excited. New players are going to be like, bro, I can play with dragons now? Like, that's going to be good also. Like, who doesn't want to, like, play with dragons? Who doesn't want to be uh, possibly a, a dragon playable character, uh, which is another rumor that's out there as well. Uh, there's just a lot of possibilities with this, and some of the leaks out there confirm some of this stuff. So we'll have to wait for the official announcement on Tuesday. But, Joey, I'm, I'm excited. Rise, my dragonborn. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think it sounds great. I'm all about dragons. I think dragons are fun. You have all different color dragons. You can throw in different abilities potentially as well. I don't know as much about the WoW lore in that sense if they all breathe fire. If there is a little bit of ice action, some poison action, I don't know how all that works. I'm sure you can fill me in as we get closer to that expansion. But in the end, I think this is great. And as you said, I believe on a few podcasts ago, it does kind of throw back to a zone that was originally designed in the early days of WoW. And I love the idea of kind of bringing that full circle as well. So guys, in the end, hold on to your tails and scales. This one, again, the expansion being officially revealed April 19th, 12 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific. Next up, John, we're going to slide our way into esports. We have a couple things to talk about before we wrap up today's show. First and foremost is an acquisition, and ladies and gentlemen, this is a big one. Wrecked Global, the holding company that owns Rogue in the LEC and a number of other esport competitions, the London Royal Ravens of the Call of Duty League, media agency Full Cube, content creation company Greenlit Content, and talent agency Talent X are all set to be acquired by Metaverse Innovation and Entertainment Company, Infinite Reality. Infinite Reality is paying a total of $470 million in stocks to go ahead and buy out Rec Global here. Uh, John, Rec Global is one of those companies that has kind of become a big prominent part of esports. You have Rogue continuing to excel in a number of esports, especially over in the LEC and League of Legends. You have the London Royal Ravens. Uh, they've had their good times and bad times over in the Call of Duty League. I mean, being involved in media, being involved in content creation, being involved in talent, uh, it feels like Rec Global really has a palm or a hand in almost every part of the major aspects of the esports industry. And this is a huge way for Infinite Reality to jump right in and on top of that, combine everything into a kind of a global metaverse as well. So I think this is a huge move. $407 million for it is a decent sized price tag, but overall they get a lot out of that as well. Yeah, I think it's great. And and Joey, I, can I say how excited I am to see a deal that's in the millions and not I know for real right now. Like <laughs> I feel like I feel like we're becoming too used to these like massive multi-billion dollar deals. And when I say massive multi-billion, I'm not talking like 2 billion dollars. I'm talking like that Blizzard acquisition for almost 70 billion dollars. Still blows my mind. Joey, it feels good we we've come back home 470 Million. Don't expect it to Same last too long. <laughs> no, it's not. Absolutely not. Uh, no, I, I think it's great. Uh, I, I like Rekt Global uh, is is expanding their footprint. I think they've done great things with a lot of the teams that they own. 
Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think it's great. I think it's a good move overall, and it just goes to show you that again that esports is continuing to grow with more and more investments coming in. And I like the idea of this from a metaverse perspective as well. I am not a big metaverse fan. Uh, I feel like the metaverse has been around for years, in my humble opinion, with stuff like Minecraft and Roblox, and it's just become kind of a buzz term in recent years with this whole NFT craze as well. Um, but with that being said, if I'm going to build a metaverse, I think. Taking in some esports teams is probably an intriguing way of doing that. I mean, Rogue has got a growing player base. The London Royal Ravens, the same thing. You also have the connections here with content creators and talent agencies. And it feels like if you're going to do it with anyone, Rec Global is a good icon to do that with outside of kind of your big orgs like a Fnatic, like a G2, like a Cloud9. Yeah. And uh, Joey, I, I think we're going to announce uh, OTN NFTs coming up here soon as well, right? Uh, yeah, they're they're going to be huge, guys. <laughs> NFTs over here, and because John and I definitely know how to create those, I can take a screenshot of things and sell them for a lot of money. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Ayo, one of one, <laughs> formerly owned by LeBron James, buy it now. I saw an <laughs> NFT thing recently. Someone paid for, I think it was like Jack Dorsey's first tweet or something, which is like one of the big guys out there on Twitter. And he went ahead and he tweeted and someone took a screenshot of it or whatever and sold it as an NFT. And someone bought it for millions upon millions of dollars. They recently put it up for auction and the highest bid was like 260 bucks. We're talking millions, <laughs> millions upon millions for 260 bucks. Oh, NFTs are crazy it. in my humble opinion. But if you guys are into them, do your thing. I'm not going to discourage you. I just do not see my personal investment coming back on them at all. I can screenshot whatever I want. And sure, I don't own it, but whatever. I still have a screenshot. I can look at whenever I want to. Anyway, Valorant Masters is also happening over in Reykjavik, Iceland. This one is currently ongoing, but we have made it into Stage 2, John. Starting to progress our way through there. Unfortunately, my team, Fnatic, did not make it through. They were playing with two subs, and they did not have the greatest performance over there. But a number of other teams are looking pretty good. Uh, so far in the bracket for Stage 2, in the upper bracket finals, everyone currently sits. G2 Esports will be taking on Zeta Division. Under them in the next part of the bracket is Loud versus Team Liquid. Then we have Paper Rex versus DRX. The Guard and Optic Gaming wrapping things up as well. So four matchups so far. Those are your top eight at the, this point. G2 Esports, Zeta Division, Loud, Team Liquid, Paper Rex, DRX, The Guard, and Optic Gaming. This is double elim, so if they do get eliminated, they will drop to that lower bracket and still have a little bit of life left. And we already saw what G2 can do with the second bracket run, as we'll talk about in the League of Legends section. Any other thoughts here on Valorant over in Reykjavik? Uh, no, but uh, I feel like because Cloud9's not in it, I feel like I have to pull for Team Liquid. I don't know. Am, like, am I allowed to do that? I mean, Liquid like, it, barely it made it. Weird. They're a fun story because Fun Plus Phoenix was supposed to take the top spot, and then it was Fnatic and then G2 Esports, if I remember correctly. And then because mm -hmm. Fun Plus couldn't make it, Team Liquid ended up taking that last spot, so they slid their way in technically as the fourth-place team representing EU. And now they're over there representing EU as the last team left alongside G2, so two of those teams left over there. Typical Team Liquid backdooring their way into the to, into the brackets. Look at that. It happens, and so far it's working pretty well for them. Next up, from one shooting game to another, we leave Valorant and the tactical shooter aspect of that to the tactics of Halo. HCS Kansas City is coming up at the end of the month. That one's set for the weekend of April 29th through May 1st, and it has already broken Raleigh's ticket sales record. John, you and I went down to Raleigh alongside a few other people and had a blast down there. 
Lots of fun, and it did feel like a first event, though. There were only a couple boosts set up outside of the actual HCS official boost. I think we had three or four team boosts. It sounds like every single team will have boosts here in Kansas City. It sounds like there's a number of other third-party boosts involved as well. So a lot of really cool things have come and grown since that Raleigh experience. The VIP experience has supposedly been expanded upon as well. And so far, it's at least showing with ticket sales as they have outsold Raleigh already. Yeah, I mean, look... It Hey, the Halo esports scene is hot. Like it, it is a very good scene. It's, it's really competitive. Yeah, Cloud Nine kind of dominates it right now, but you know, eventually that will that will come to an end, maybe in a couple years. <laughs> um, so you know, it's it's, it's, it's wishful thinking from a Cloud Nine fan. But yeah, no, I mean, I think I think Raleigh was great. They've definitely uh, learned their lessons from from all the negatives there. I'm not gonna say there were a ton of negatives. I thought it was a very well ran event, uh, minus all the delays on the main stage and some of the um chaoticness that was the the open play um but other than that like i felt overall it was it was pretty smooth and it's only gotten better super excited to see kansas city turn out for this event as well glad to see it's doing uh better than uh raleigh's doing uh, raleigh was fantastic it sold out also uh but i think kansas city uh selling as quickly as it is is, is a good sign overall for Halo East. And for those who followed us back around the time we went to Raleigh, one of the big things, the issues we had was on Friday, they ran with PCs as the setup and the PC version kept crashing. So they eventually switched to consoles moving into Saturday. The plan for Kansas City, knowing that they've patched a lot of those crashes is to run with PCs, at least for now. But everything is going to be set up with consoles if they do have to switch over. So it should be a much quicker switch this time around. Again, hoping it doesn't have to happen. Hopefully they can stay on PCs the whole time. But it sounds like things will be much more organized heading into this event as well. You're gonna tell me it's gonna be 49:47 on Slayer and have that crash. Man, that sucked. That was the worst. And <laughs> they was such these tight three times tense matches, guys. Like where it's coming down to the wire, one to two kill difference right at the end, and then it was like wow, and everyone knew it crashed. And it's like oh, this is literally the worst because everyone is so excited in the audience. It was so cool to be a part of, but those crashes on Friday were just daggers every single time. It was so bad. So, so bad. Just like Fnatic's performance in the LEC playoffs. Ayo. Uh, that's coming from a Fnatic fan, so give me a little bit of credit there. G2 is the winner of the LEC. They ended up going up in the championship after a lower bracket run and took down Rogue 3-0. John, not only did they get a 3-0 win against Rogue in the finals... This is a G2 team that after getting knocked out by Fnatic, they lost to Fnatic 3-1 in the upper bracket. They got dropped down. They went on a 12-0 run. They 3-0'd Vitality, which was the super team of the LEC. They took down Misfits 3-0. Then they went up against Fnatic, who they lost to 3-1 in the upper bracket, took them down 3-0, and then they went to Rogue, the champion team waiting in the championship of the upper bracket, went up there and took them down 3-0 as well to finish off 12-0 in their lower bracket run. I mean, that's just incredible. I hate G2 at times because they are very <laughs> cocky and they come across that way very evidently from their owner to their players. But I mean, I don't think anyone can deny them here. They've been playing so extremely well in so many esports, whether it be Valorant, whether it be CSGO, whether it be here in League of Legends. And then once again, making a run like this to find their way into a championship once again, regardless of how the outcome looked going into the season, regardless of how the team was playing going into playoffs, they still pull it together. They still find the way to lift the trophy. I'm just saying, Joey, um, it started with Fnatic. If you guys didn't beat them 3-1, uh, they wouldn't have gotten the rage <laughs> to go on this mat this incredible run towards the end to win the whole thing. So really, I mean, 
it's partially Fanatics Championship, too. You guys fueled the fire for G2 to go all the way. So pat yourself on the back, Joey. You guys had a hand I in. have my issues with Fnatic. They were up 2-0 <laughs> against Rogue in that winner's bracket. And they found a way not to lose one, but then they drafted the same thing twice more. Three times in a row to lose the next two. And then how did they start the G2 match on? They drafted the exact same comp that they got 0-3'd by Rogue on. Like, it was frustrating to watch as a Fnatic fan and to see a rival like G2 just continue to dominate as they have been. I mean, all credit to G2, though. They turned the season around. They came in with young players, and a lot of people questioned them. They were like, Carlos, you're selling off all these veterans. You got rid of Reckless. You got rid of Wonder. You got rid of Mickey. How are you going to do with these young players? And once again, they find a way to lift that trophy. So uh, big congrats to G2. As hard as it is to say as a Fnatic fan, they definitely deserved it. And once again, it's paying off. And they're heading to MSI. Joey's over here dying on the inside, and I'm loving it. I am dying in the inside, but but the dying is going to translate when we talk about NA here, John. Let's head over to the LCS. Uh, Playoffs are continuing this weekend. We have 100 Thieves versus Team Liquid in matchup number one, as well as Evil Geniuses and your boys Cloud9 in matchup number two. Uh, Let's talk 100 Thieves versus Team Liquid. John, who is going to come out on top of this? Uh, This is the split we saw Bjergsen come out of retirement to mid lane for Team Liquid. We have 100 Thieves with their young guns kind of playing at their best as well. Who is going to come out of this matchup, and what are your thoughts overall? Uh, like I feel like you can never bet against Bjergsen ever. Uh, even when he was like on a bad TSM team, Bjergsen still played out of his mind, and he carried that team to several wins just by himself. But I really like what what 100 Thieves are doing. I I really do enjoy that young roster. They're they're really clicking. They're really popping off. And I think they have a really good chance here of taking down Team Liquid and continuing that nice journey they've been on. Uh, I'm going to go 100 Thieves on this. I I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to go five games. I'm going to say 3-2, 100 Thieves. And and, um, I'm, I'm liking what they're doing. I like it. I have absolutely no idea who's going to win either one of these matchups. I will confess I've not paid as much attention to the LCS lately. Uh, I do think it goes 3-2, though. Both these teams going back and forth. In the first round, Team Liquid went 3-2 up against EG to pull out that win. 100 Thieves went 3-0 against Cloud9. Uh, Part of that, 100 Thieves playing really well. Part of it, Cloud9 kind of faltering here heading into playoffs. Uh, I think 100 Thieves probably wins it as well. In the end, I feel like Team Liquid does have that veteran experience with people like Bjergsen, people like Whippo, uh, Santorin, a number of other talented players over there who've been around for quite a while. Uh, but I do like 100 Thieves and their young guns, and I feel like they showed that they can dominate up against matchups like Cloud9. So I'll go 100 Thieves 3-2, but again, I would not be surprised if this flips the other way. I think the biggest surprise for me would be if this does not go five games. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, it could definitely go either way. Again, give the edge to 100 Thieves, but... I think the bigger shock would be like if this was a 3-1 or a 3-0. And that brings us to our next matchup. Your boys on Cloud9 up against the Evil Geniuses who have been plotting against them all season long. When it came down to the standings, both these teams were quite close overall throughout. Uh, Cloud9 finishing 13-5 and in the standings for second. Evil Geniuses at 10-9 and for fourth. Who comes out of this one, sir, and what is our series score? Well, Joey, Cloud9 had a Renekton phase that they went through that uh, everyone was screaming, don't draft Renekton. Um, but they continued to do it. Uh, so I feel like Cloud9 and Fnatic not only are united in rivalry, but are united in bad drafts. Uh, so Cloud9, depending upon what draft they want to go with, uh, this could be a very quick series in favor of Evil Geniuses, or it could be pretty competitive. Uh, it really does come down to what in the world they want to go with in their draft. Um, because 
they're weird. Their, their traps are just so out of this world at the moment. Um, I, I want to give the edge to Cloud9. They have the experience. They've been there before. They know what they're doing. Uh, Evil Geniuses is is a uh, I don't want to call them an up and coming team, but like they've been very competitive as well. Uh, but I just I don't know. Cloud9 in the playoffs is is, is a different animal. They could be down 2-0. They're, they're the king of the reverse sweep. Uh, it feels like every year we talk about Cloud9 pulling a reverse sweep in the LCS, uh, whether it's in the spring or summer split. Uh, it just I, I, I have a hard time betting against Cloud9, even against Evil Geniuses here. I think this is another one that could go the distance. I really do think Evil Geniuses can give Cloud9 a run for their money. I'm going to say 3-2. I'm going to let my fandom speak for myself here. I'm going to say Cloud9 3-2. Uh, but again, wouldn't surprise me if it's the other way. I think it would be a bigger surprise, again, like we said in the other matchup, if this if this is like a 3-0. Yeah, I'm going to go Evil Geniuses here, I think. I just I don't know, and I think I'm slightly burned as a Fnatic fan for the draft reasons. That's fair. Uh, going in, I feel like Fnatic was a better team against Rogue, and they showed it through the first two games. And then they went up against Rogue in the next three and up against G2, and they got absolutely dominated because of the draft. And because of that, I can just tell how much the draft affects things. If Cloud9 cannot come prepared in the draft field, I think Evil Geniuses wins this one. Maybe even 3-1, but for the benefit of the doubt, I will go 3-2 Evil Geniuses. Assuming Cloud9 has some rough drafts, but I hope they're able to pull it together for you, good sir. I mean, it'd be nice. It, it, it would definitely be nice. I would like to see Cloud9 continue their their march. But uh, being a Cloud9 fan, I am very aware that they have a uh, great track record of uh, falling short. <laughs> Of everyone's expectations. Yeah, they're not always living on Cloud9 it's, over there, but one can hope. And they definitely have a shot. There's four teams left in the playoffs. Cloud9 could be the one holding the trophy at the end like G2 was, or they could be one that falters a little bit shorter like my boys Fnatic did in the end. Overall, John, I think that does it for this week's episode. Quite a bit happening in gaming and esports. Again, the WoW reveal next week, April 19th. Later than that, I believe it's the 26th, we have the Overwatch League 2 beta coming out, and much, much more still to be announced. All right, Nation, that is going to do it for this edition of Level Up Live. But before you go, head on over to patreon.com slash OTN and consider becoming a part of the Overtime Network. In return, you will get exclusive access to content that nobody else in the world can get unless they're a part of OTN Media. If you haven't done so already, make sure you follow the show here on Twitch to catch the next episode of Level Up Live. If you listen to the show on our podcast feed, please do leave us a review. The Level Up Podcast is available on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, and anywhere else you can find the podcast RSS feed. Just look us up, and we are there for you. We would love to hear from you, and we'd love to hear from our community that we have multiple ways that you can get in contact with us. Joey, what are some of the ways Level Up Nation can interact with us? Absolutely, Level Up Nation. Head on over to Twitter and find us at Level Up Live. That is LVLUP Live. In addition to that, you can follow the Umbrella Company OTN Media on Twitter and Facebook at OTN Media and on Instagram at OTN underscore media. Last but not least, hit us up with a follow, maybe even one of those juicy Twitch Prime subs over here on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash OTN Media. This show level up live Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern time. All right, make sure you tune in next Thursday. Dare I say Thursday? Will we move to a Wednesday? I don't know. That's why you should be following us on social media, but we're planning for Thursday. April the 21st, as we cover the latest and greatest in gaming esports news, do your ears and eyes a favor, hit that sub and follow button to know when the next uh, episode, there we go, of Live Up Live is ready for your entertainment pleasures. We'll catch you all next week. Remember, uh, enjoy your weekend, and remember, be nice to your fellow gamers online, and as always, level, level up. up.